This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity and storytelling. So open up the notes app on your phone and let's get started. Hey there and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, but before we head over to Nick, let me let you know all about her. So Nick Redmond is a spoken voice coach and accent specialist, voiceover artist and podcaster who's worked her magic on the likes of Sarah Millican, Denise Welsh and Chris Hitchin, and for productions on CBBC, BBC Radio 4, Radio 2 and Netflix, helping people use their voices in a multitude of different ways. As well as working with those at the top of their acting or presenting on vocal techniques, helping them to understand and develop their voice, produce new accents or improve their mic technique, Nick also supports business professionals to find confidence and presence in public speaking, encouraging them to gain a more charismatic delivery. Her podcast, The Voice Coach Podcast and The Voice Over Social have ranked number one internationally and been nominated for numerous awards, including the International Women in Podcasting Awards and the British Podcast Awards. Alongside her colleague, Leah Marks, Nick was recently awarded the Inspiration Award at the One Voice Conference for her commitment to giving back to the voiceover community through podcasting. Nick is based in the UK and runs her voice training business from a glorious retreat avenue in the heart of the Northumberland countryside. Nick, hello, and thank you so much for joining me <laughs> on the show today. How are oh, it's you? a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Just getting to the end of the week here, a busy week of speaking. So I'm almost ready for my weekend. <laughs> wow. Yes, I am so ready for my weekend as well. And a week long holiday <laughs> would be great. Now, that is an amazing bio. And I've got to ask... What was it like working with the Netflix team? <laughs> it was good. I can't say much about it, but I know. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a bit of support, voice support during some recording sessions, really, because um, of quite a young cast So oh. um, for the show that I worked on. So yeah, it was really good fun. Can't say much about it, but it was lovely. Very cool. You know, dialing in lots of people all over the place. It's a very typical sort of voice coachy job. Yeah. Of course, these days, a lot of it is, is remote, yes. so I don't even have to put my bra on. <laughs> Which is helpful. Yeah, I've had to put one on today. Which is always nice. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. I think you have started off the conversation, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and your story? Yeah. So I suppose I came to voice coaching through the voiceover industry and a performance background, really. I trained as an actor and did all that and sort of accidentally did a voiceover job one day for somebody who needed a Northern Irish accent. And I was like, oh, that was fun. And sort of easy for me and how much money because <laughs> I've been working in the theatre you know for like pennies <laughs> I was like wow well that was a good afternoon so I thought oh I'll investigate that so I did that for a while and then I just got a bit obsessed with voice so I went back to where I'd trained as a performer which was Central School of Speech and Drama in London and they have a 
as it turned out, world-renowned um, program uh, that trained voice practitioners and accent coaches. So I did that. And that was kind of the voice geek, kind of the assimilation of my voice geekiness altogether then as as both a professional voice user, as a voiceover artist every day, and then all of the insight into actually how the voice works and how to use it and the anatomy and how to do accents and all that kind of stuff and break down accents. And then podcasting came as a result of a social event that I was running with my dear colleague, Leah Marks, in Manchester. And we just started promoting the social event by doing what we were calling a plog, a podcast log, where we'd just be like, hello, come and join us in the pub. Hi, we're Nick and Leah, blah, blah, blah. And we were just putting that on SoundCloud because it was a voice event for voice people. So we thought, well, we'll use our voices. That makes sense. So uh, we did that. And then we used that as a banner to start talking to people we wanted to work with. Like, Amazing. can we interview you for our podcast? <laughs> and then it kind of spiraled out of control from there. And then, yeah, this year we got nominated for the British Podcast Awards and it was all really exciting. So it, the podcast side of my career really grew out of um, a desire to create community and then sort of just bring loads of information together for our community. And then my second podcast, The Voice Coach Podcast, came because I was just obsessed with podcasts now at this point. And um, I was sort of looking for a spoken voice training podcast that was short and sweet, kind of progressive. There were lots of bigger conversations about voice and presence and presenting and lots of singing podcasts. But there was nothing out there that I could find that was going, right, step one, here's what you got to do. Step 1A, add this bit on. And then the next bit is this. Um, so that podcast is like a a sort of weekly step-by-step introduction to anybody who fancies giving voice training a go. Because I used to get just a bit overwhelmed and kind of uh, stuck in the fact that voice voice coaching seemed very kind of for the theatre, darling, and, yeah. you know, cheesecloth and rolling around the floor and a bit <laughs> sort of for the privileged. And I was I'm very keen, exactly, that anybody can get access to it if they want to. And that's what this podcast, the Voice Coach podcast is about, really. It's about saying, right, here you go. It's free. It's 10, 15 mm. minutes a week. Give it a go and see how you feel. Yeah, no, I love that. And your format is similar to mine in terms of, yeah, you just want to get to the crux of it. Give the information to the listener that they can go away and implement. So mm. I absolutely love that. You don't have to. I think traditionally, podcasts would go on and on for an hour, an hour and a half. Mm. But I think now, I know we've had 18 months of COVID and being stuck indoors, but normally people are just really, really busy. So, you know, short to the point and succinct is definitely the way to go. So you're doing the first one with Leah and then the second one, the voice coach is just you. Mm -hmm. How have you found your podcast journey so far? I love it. Like I'm very lucky with Leah because she basically wants to do everything to, to do with our other podcast. So she's like this incredible kind of, uh, she's a wonderful voiceover artist and a, a broadcast journalist. And she um, is really meticulous with details and organization and sponsorship and all that kind of stuff and editing and the process and the structure. And I just kind of rock up and... <laughs> Give just you know, chatter for a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So I really just like we started it together and she kind of really flew into the creation side and all the stuff in the background. And I just get to I bring my expertise and my personality and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's very she's very much the driver of that because she uh, likes doing that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're a duo, it's good that one of you yeah, is that way inclined. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it, at least at least we're not fighting. You know, yes. it's like, I want to edit. No, I want to edit. She's like, no, I, I like the editing. Yes. Get in. <laughs> yeah. 
And then my second one is is just me. It's very easy because I just I know my subject. Yes. And do. I like chatting and I'm used to the format by now. So I just sit down and I record ten minutes about a thing and then I send it to the people who upload it for me. That's kind of it. So uh, two very different shows. But I like that, you know, and that was the point. I didn't want to create something that was exactly the same format because The Voice Over Social is a very sort of magazine style show with features and interviews and concepts. Whereas the other one is like, right, training, let's do this. Give this a go. Get on the floor. Do some lip trills, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, So they're very different and complimentary. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And if we may, slightly off topic, but your mention of sponsorships reminded me of something I read somewhere. It might have been Facebook. <laughs> I spent too much time on Facebook. <laughs> but I think you'd mentioned in a post that Leah had helped get sponsorship for your podcast. Yeah. Are you able to brilliant. just for people who might be, because I get questions about that a lot, but it's not something mm. that I am au fait with at the moment. Are you able to elaborate as to how that journey was? Yeah. So we were quite adamant that we weren't going to have random stuff in our podcast that we didn't believe in or that had absolutely no nothing to mm. do with our industry. It wasn't going to be like, voicey, 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 buy this mattress. Yeah. Voicey, voicey, voicey. So Leah did loads of work into, and both of us kind of brainstormed the sorts of things we like, the things we use. And we just... uh got a sponsorship deck together with stats and figures and information, a bit of branding, got it out there to the right people. But I think there, we've got a whole episode on how to get, spo- it's called How to Get Sponsorship for Your Podcast Without Selling Your Soul. <laughs> okay, I'm going to um, find that and, and link it. <laughs> writing that down. Yep, writing that yeah. down. <laughs> and that's the one I think you mentioned. So we've had at least two people tell us that off the back of taking the advice on that, they've got sponsorship for their podcast, which is wonderful. Because we, again, we're just sharing what we've learned along the way. And Leah's done some incredible work in finding out how the process of sponsorship can work and it's really about relationship building I think is at the crux of it it's getting in touch with the people who you really believe in their product and you think you could serve and explaining to them the power of podcasting for for advertising purposes and how um, targeted and niche the audience can be and what that can mean for your revenue and your sales amazing Well, thank you. I am definitely going to check out that episode. Just even before we jumped on this call, one of my clients messaged me and said, I want to learn about sponsors. And I was like, (laughs) the one area that I do not know about. But I'm going to find your podcast episode and send it to her and have a listen to it myself. (laughs) Definitely. So thank you. It's overwhelming, isn't it? And I think most people think unless you've got millions of downloads and you're a celebrity, no one's going to want to sponsor you. But it's true. You know, we have a very niche audience, but they're very loyal audience who trust us. And I think that's where the power comes in. And where we will get to the topic of this episode today. But (laughs) at which point, like, would you say... Six six months in, you started thinking about sponsors and kind of, I don't want to get into your numbers, but what did mm. that kind of look? Because you're right, a lot of people in the industry say that you need to have thousands per episode, but that's mm. not necessarily the case and that will put people off. I think for us, it wasn't about numbers or downloads. Mm. It was about suddenly realizing the value that of our podcast to the community yeah. like we spent ages doing it not really thinking about it as a as an entity that people really really valued and then probably in 20, 2019 maybe end of 2018 we we had the first experiences of going to networking events in our industry and people going hi sorry to interrupt you don't know me but i listen to your podcast and i just want to say such a thing and then we thought oh my god like people actually find this and listen to it and like think it's really useful 
And then we thought, hmm, I'm slightly more business minded than Leah. So I was like, we should try and get sponsorship because you work so hard on this and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, I don't really know. And I was like, we can do it in a way that's integ- that has integrity and is us. And we're very lucky because we make all our, a lot of our own adverts because we're voiceover artists. Yes. So we write and do the adverts ourselves. Yeah. So they're quality ads and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's, there's lots of stuff involved there. But I think it was more about how we felt about the product that we had to offer and our audience and how much we loved our audience and realised who we were serving rather than download numbers and stats. And I think that's more important. If you can honestly go to a product and go, look, I know if we get 500 downloads an episode, we've got this many audience, like I know it's small, but they need you, what you have or whatever. And you can do that with integrity. Then I think a lot of companies go, oh, actually, maybe that's 500 quid's all right. Actually, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of sponsors we've had for quite a long time. I think we've got three at the moment. Oh, so, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. You've got three. I always imagine that one might be enough. So how does that work? Do they sponsor different things? I should have got Leah on this call. Yeah, sorry, but we weren't <laughs> supposed to talk about this. Don't worry. No, they're just very different offerings. Okay, fair enough. They're all things that are useful for our community and yeah. they're not in conflict with each other at all. Okay, fantastic. Well, guys, you've just got additional information that we did not plan for today. <laughs> Listen to the episode because I'm probably hashing it all out terribly. <laughs> no, that was really, really helpful. And I will definitely make sure to link the episode in the show notes so people can check it out. But I am just really, really excited to delve into all things voice. As I mentioned to Nick before we started recording, I found Nick in Jennifer Hensel's Facebook group back in May, June. The podcast was just in the planning stages, but a post that you had made or comment you'd made on someone's post in regards to using your voice in terms of podcasting just really struck me. And as podcasters, we use our voice. It's, you know, a very, very, well, it's probably the most important thing. <laughs> and I think I underestimated or maybe didn't give it much thought in terms of how we should be using our voice, how we should take care of our voice. So I'm just really, really excited to have you on the show today and for you to share your knowledge with our listeners. So to kick things off, I would love to know more about warming up our voice. So, you know, Mm. example, using me as a guinea pig, you know, I plug in the mic into my laptop, I make sure it's connected to the software that I'm using, and I speak. What should I be doing (laughs) (laughs) before that? (laughs) Can I just at this point, this is what I love about podcasting. It's so accessible to anybody who has a wee bit of a mic, even your mic on your flipping iPhone at this point, you know, sorry, other phones are available. I love the fact that you can just plug in and go and chat. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things, the most important things about voice for podcasting is that it's you. It's not you trying to do the best version of your voice or a tidied up version of your voice or a, a censored accent version of your habitual side or anything like that. And it's always important for me to point out that voice coaching from a podcast perspective is not about changing anything or making you sound a certain way. It's about preparing the instrument that you have to be as responsive as possible to the information that you want to get out there and the emotions that you go through when you're on your podcast and you're recording. So for me, it's about prep. And yeah, uh, making sure everything is nice and free and easy. So the other thing as well is that when people, when you say warm up, people go, oh my God, but I can't sing. Oh God. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm not a singing coach. This isn't about singing. Sing if you want to. You have a great old time. Like, but um, you really don't have to be able to sing to warm up. Uh, and most of my warming up is really about noises and stupid faces, to be honest with you. Um, it's all about muscles, muscle release and freedom and ease. 
to respond, like I said. So a couple of easy things you can do to warm up your voice. There's only really one sound or one exercise you need to warm up the vocal folds themselves, the bits that vibrate to make sound. And that's any kind of gentle glide up and down your range, usually on a sound from what's called the semi-occluded vocal tract category, which is basically almost closed at the mouth. (laughs) It's small. Um, So anything like a, a little lip trill like this with a glide up and down. How do you fancy I'd given it a wee go? Good, good. (laughs) There's one in there. Have another go. That's better. Good, nice. Yeah, don't try so hard. Keep it nice and easy. Nice, yeah. Nice. A lot of people struggle with lip trills to start with because it's kind of about breath and lots of other things as well. But even if you just want to glide up and down your range on a really gentle kind of puffy worse sound, like as if you're doing a one of those eye roll sighs that you do when your other half does something annoying. (laughs) Or the child. (laughs) Yeah, or the child. Yes, yes, yes. I also have a one of those. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. And there's glide up and down on that kind of very primal sound. Am I breathing in or breathing out? Breathe out when you do it, yeah. Oh, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Or another nice, easy one. There you go. Another lovely, easy one is just, you know, the NG sound at the end of the word sing. Sing. You just glide up and down on that. Sing. 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 Yeah, well done. That's great. So what that's doing is getting the vocal folds vibrating in a really safe, easy, pleasant environment. And the other thing I really recommend for podcasters mainly is releasing your articulators because so often, I don't know if you feel this, but when you're doing your intro or if you're somebody who records their intro live just before the interview and you're a bit like, oh my gosh, and it might be a guest that you're really excited to talk to or you could be exhausted or it could be your sixth recording of the day or whatever, um, is sometimes tripping over your words and things. So I like to think of a warm up as well as just about saving you time in the edit (laughs) because the less mistakes you make, the easier the edit's going to be. So anything you can do to release the lips, um, and that's any kind of smushy moving of the lips around. I love getting my um, goals on my hand, like make your hand in a wee fist, and you just give your top lip a little jiggle, nice and loose. That's easy enough. So it feels really nice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. And then the bottom lip, a little jiggle. That's a good one. And then the lip corners as well, getting those lips going like that. And even this. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> though. <laughs> this is very serious. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a really nice one for just loosening the lips up, which is great for lots of the different articulation sounds, sounds we need to articulate. Okay. Um, and then a little one for the tongue. The final one I'd show you, share with you is just sticking your, this is silly as well, okay? So strap in. But this is how it goes if you come to work with me and most voice coaches, um, is putting your tongue out on your lower lip like this, like a floppy kind of slug. And then you just talk a bit. So mm. if you talk through days of the week, months of the year and count one to 10, for example, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, uh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. January, February. And what you can do is speak through the intro of your podcast. Hi, I'm Lou me. Welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm going to talk to Nick about his voice. It's going to be very serious and normal. 
And then you take your tongue in and you just do it again mm. and you get this lovely sense of freedom because your tongue's back in play. Wow. So release the lips, release the tongue, get the vocal folds vibrating. And then I also recommend a little bit of shoulder and neck release because we all have a tendency to like reach towards the microphone. Yes. Like this sort of chin jutting. And the chin jut is step one towards vocal fatigue. So if you've got lot, lots of eps to record, careful that you're not jutting the chin forward. Interesting. Now, thank you. That was a lot more than what I bargained for, but very, Sorry. very helpful. No, it's fine. Very, very helpful. And I'm. I do have a five minute warm up episode in my. Um, yes. I have a five minute warm up episode in the podcast. So that might be the best place to start. Yes, I will definitely link. I'm just going to link the entire episode, quite frankly, <laughs> at this point. So, in terms of vocal fatigue, of course, I know what those two words mean separately, but what does it look like practically? Yeah, great. So tiredness, for some people, it'll show itself in their articulators getting a little lazy and things just not moving as fast. So you might be tripping over your words a little bit more. It might be that you cough a little bit or that things are a little bit dry in your throat. Maybe you've been speaking loads, sending loads of air through when maybe you don't need to. and Lots and lots and lots of talking. So for some people, it's a little bit of pain. So it's not that the lips are getting... Um, like too loose and floppy or that the tongue's too loose and floppy. It's actually tension. So as we talk and depending on the way your vocal mechanism is set up and how you particularly as an individual make your sound, the tongue may be helping a little bit, the jaw may be helping out, all the muscles around the larynx may be helping out. So sometimes actual kind of an aching feeling um, or a little tiny, not pain, well, sometimes pain, it depends, but a little bit of an ache for some people or croakiness. Okay. That's interesting. It's good to kind of know so that if you identify it, mm. say you did identify it, how would you then resolve it? Especially if you're in the middle of a speaking engagement or recording. Yeah. What can you do? So the first thing to do is try and have a little, well, all the cool kids in voice pedagogy are calling it vocal naps, voice naps. So like have a little bit of not talking. Yeah. <laughs> so say you're recording loads of episodes in one day. If yeah. you can allow yourself five or 10 minutes where you definitely don't make any noise, that's really useful. Mm. Most of the time for if you feel your voice getting tired, the best thing you can do is release a bit of tongue tension. So that slug tongue exercise would be really good. And then the other thing is, I mentioned this snazzy big term, semi-occluded vocal tract exercises. Um, that's things like lip trills. They're quite rehabilitatory. So if you can get to grips with... Or if a lip trill isn't there for you right now, even sliding up and down on puffy TH, like... Okay. Yeah. It's quite nice. There's loads of science behind it, but basically you get this acoustic back pressure down, meeting the air coming up from underneath the vocal folds, and they create this lovely, safe, easy environment for the vocal folds to vibrate through. And then what you get is any tension that's building up from other things that are helping out gets a few minutes just to chill out and yeah. not help while you make sound. And your brain kind of goes, oh, look, we're making voice without the tongue or without whatever. Um, as much tension in those places. And then it sort of re almost resets itself a little bit. Interesting. A lot of people love straw phonation. So I've got a little voice, a straw here. It's called SOVT straw. There's loads okay. of straws out there. Um, this one sponsors our podcast at the moment, so I'll mention it. Uh, it's called the SOVT straw. Um, yeah. <laughs> and basically any straw will do. Uh, and you just stick a straw into um, a glass of water. Right. And you. Uh, this is another one you're going to be like, who is this maniac <laughs> telling me <laughs> all this myself. weird stuff to do? But uh, you just stick it into some water and blow bubbles. Hang on, I'll have to drink some of this. Oh, okay. So you go. I like to do that. 
I can do that one quite easily. <laughs> so that's a really good one for resetting the vocal mechanism if you're a little bit tired. Amazing. Thank you. That's really, really helpful. That's all right. It's all connected, isn't it? Yeah. And I have an episode called What to Do If You Lose Your Voice. Yes. So, yeah, that's happened, another good actually. one. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's another good one, definitely. So <laughs> that leads really nicely into posture. And I was... Ah, sur- yes. Every time I say that word, I feel the need to sit up because my posture <laughs> right. is just shocking. I will automatically <laughs> slouch down again. But, you know, mm. as we're talking now, I'll try and maintain it. I was surprised by how much of a role it plays when you're speaking, I suppose, over the years. Mm. I just thought it was my spine and maybe, you know, other things in the body. So how do posture and voice relate to each other? Well, the simple answer is voice is created in the body. And posture and alignment is how you arrange your body, right? The spine isn't hugely integral to voice. So the spine, if this is me choosing which bits are necessary right now to tell in terms of like anatomy and which bits aren't. So just let me flick through my mind palace and decide which. Yeah. So um, diaphragm is the primary muscle of inspiration. It's what everyone talks. Oh, speak from your diaphragm. Breathe with your diaphragm. Yeah. I mean, you can't not breathe with your diaphragm because it's the primary muscle of breathing. So that's kind of a misnomer, but we'll not go down that road. But the point is the diaphragm is attached to the ribs and the spine. The ribs are attached to the spine. It's really simple. If you think about your whole body or your voicing system within your body as a big straw, right? Mm -hmm. When you suck through a straight straw, it's dead easy to get the fluids out because it's nice and straight and open. If you put a kink in that straw, is it easier or harder to get the fluid out? Harder. It's harder. And breath, in this weird metaphor, (laughs) is the water. And breath creates voice. So the breath's made in the body. The body houses the breath and controls the breath and supports the breath and the breath makes voice. So if you put a big kink in your vocal straw, (laughs) it makes voicing much more effortful. And that's the point. So let's just, for example, have a little demo. If you have your sit how you're sitting now and Mm. just say a few words. And as you're saying the words, just reach your chin forwards and like really overextend and see how it changes your voice. So just say what you're going to do at the weekend or whatever. This weekend, I am seeing my daughter and we are just going to relax because she moved out. Oh gosh, that feels weird and sounds There weird. you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you can, you can make, like I can make my voice sound as it needs to sound when I'm in that horrific position, but it takes a lot more effort for me. And that's the point. So if you can put every, all of the equipment in a, in a more efficient position that yeah. allows for freedom of the breath, that allows for the muscles in the ribs and the lower abdominals that do all the vocal support to do their job mm. rather than have to keep you upright or support some weird posture, then they're free to do the breathing work, Yeah, you know, to do this breath support, which is what we need. And then you get this more consistent airflow. Then you get nicer closure of the vocal folds and everything is much, much easier. And that's the whole thing with voice training. This isn't about tidying and making everything sound perfect. It's about ease. Voice training is about finding ease in the system. That's really interesting. Thank you. And it just prompted me to think about So I know there's a few people in the podcasting industry that talk about recording standing up. So 
everything you've just described, is that the science behind them recommending that, would you say? I think the stand-up, sit-down thing is a preference, to be honest. I think it depends on the energy in the podcast and the style of conversation. I record sitting down because I want mine to feel like we're sat in a coffee shop having a brew. Like When people listen to me, I want them to feel that's the vibe I want, that's the energy. Mm. It doesn't have to directly affect your ability to have good alignment or posture in layman's terms. Um, You can still check in with all that nice length in the spine and freedom of the ribs and the abdominals and the, the shoulders and freedom of the neck and everything when you're sitting down. I think some people feel like it helps them have better breath support and that's fine and they feel like it helps their voice and to be honest that's half the battle with voice training if there's something you're doing and you can prove it helps you it makes you feel better makes your voice better happy days because voice is body mind connection anyway yeah but there isn't a huge correlation between oh you must be standing up to have good alignment okay that's good to know so sit down it's fine yeah (laughs) most people just want permission to sit down (laughs) yeah please (laughs) yeah i prefer to sit down but I've just seen it dotted around a few Facebook groups about standing up I was like, mm, no don't really want to do that and that's really really helpful thank you so I would love to touch on mic techniques for a moment if we can mm-hmm. so I listened to episode seven if you guys want to check it out I highly recommend that you do where you covered this topic in a bit of detail and you were speaking about body alignment when speaking Mm -hmm. on a mic so that leads on quite nicely from the conversation we were just having we're both sitting down at the moment our mics are in front of us so when you're speaking into a mic I know I'm slightly it's not directly in front of me because I'm trying to see the laptop at the same time but what am I doing wrong essentially Well, nothing. I can hear you. So your mic technique's absolutely fine. The, the, the mic technique conversation, and you'll have understood this because you've listened, but for me, there are certain things you need to be careful of when you're speaking on a mic, obviously. Yeah. It's so dependent on the equipment, your environment, your setting. And it's really hard to be like, put your microphone a hand span away from your mouth. Because if you don't have that sort of a microphone, then there's no point. Or if you're in an environment that is less than ideal, you're going to be closer to the microphone. You know, there's so many different variables. So for me, firstly, the alignment is key. Whatever mic you've got and wherever you happen to be, just make sure that you're not kind of setting up your mic and then moving yourself kind of in a really skewy position towards your mic. There's like a dichotomy. It's a relationship between you and your microphone. So you have to make sure that you can keep whatever alignment helps you have the freest and most efficient voice. And you set that near to your microphone, wherever you feel you want your microphone to be. So if I suddenly realized my mic was too far away because I wanted to come closer because the environment was not conducive to nice Mm -hmm. recording, I would be making sure that I wasn't just jutting my chin forward to get closer. I would be moving my entire self closer. So it's about the relationship with the microphone for me to start with from that in terms of proximity. It's not step one, be four inches away because that's too generic. The main thing for me about the relationship with the microphone and mic technique is remembering that it is a conduit to you getting to your audience. And it's more about, and this is so hard, particularly for new podcasters, you kind of have to be in a position where you can sort of forget it's there. So you can just chat. Because ultimately what happens with a lot of podcasting, and I hear it so much in new podcasters and inexperienced podcasters, is that um, 
they start talking in a way that they think is podcasting voice <laughs> and everything starts to sound really, really clean and tidy Yeah. rather than just being themselves. Mm. And I think there's a bit of a fear sometimes when people go on a mic, they're like, oh my God, it's right there. And it is, it's, I mean, it's right there. It's a big fuzzy thing. So from my point of view, mic technique is kind of a trick because it's more like, it's not about the mic at all. It's mm. not about you at all or how your voice sounds at all. It's about what you want to communicate with the listener. So the technique in working on a mic is forgetting how you sound and focusing on how you want the listener to feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because ultimately that's what we're here to do. We're not here to sound nice. That's nonsense. Mm. We're here to sound whatever way we need to sound to communicate whatever message we have to get across. Yes. You don't need to do like... You know, a podcast voice. Yeah, or your phone voice. <laughs> yeah. And what I find really interesting sometimes between intros and the main body of a podcast, sometimes if it's interview, is the change, you know? Yeah, I'm probably guilty of that myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's fine and it's really good to have like a pro intro and you sound really great and everything's grand. But I do feel, for me, as a listener, when I hear someone doing a voice that sounds inauthentic or sounds like they're trying dead hard to be sounding dead nice, I go, oh, I'll just wait till the interview starts. I, I can't, you know, I just get up. I'm not bothered. Yeah. They're not focusing on telling me the information. Sorry, I yeah. get really in on this. They're <laughs> focusing on sounding nice and that's not interesting or useful to me. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I think I think if you were to listen back to episode one, I believe, yes, I probably started out. I don't think purposely, but I probably did start out very okay, especially where I was trying to get used to hearing my own voice and yeah. talking into a mic. I don't know about other people, but that gets boring really quick. So I know that as my <laughs> yeah. episodes have gone on, I've just become more confident and more comfortable doing this podcasting stuff because I usually mm. work behind the scenes. But someone who's able to carry that on for episode upon episode upon episode, I mean, they need an award because <laughs> to do it consciously takes a lot of effort. Yeah. What sort of effort is it, though, I think is always my question. Mm. Is the effort, oh, I need to sound the best that I can be and I need to like sound like I know what I'm talking about? Or is the effort thinking about how you're communicating and like how you're reaching your listener? Yeah, you know? definitely. And I think sometimes it's about it's about reframing where the effort goes. And the focus, I think focus is quite a nice word because effort's kind of scary. So the voicing shouldn't be an effort and mm. the speaking shouldn't be an effort if, you know, you're speaking in the right way and your alignment's sorted and you do a wee warm up. But yes, the focus is exhausting mm. and the desire to get your message across in a clear and efficient way can be exhausting. Yeah. So I think that's why regular breaks are really handy. If you're talking about batch recording, I think it's also really pertinent to remember that podcasts are living things mm -hmm. in a way. They do change and that's okay. And the more that you develop and the more that you, like you say, get confident and comfortable on the mic, the more your voice will change. And that's totally fine. You know, we went back one of the first episodes of our podcast and put in a little thing now saying, hi, just so you know, the podcast has changed a lot since <laughs> yeah. this four years ago. So yeah. you might want to skip to episode boop, 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 <laughs> to really get to the like nitty gritty. And I think that's what podcasting is about. You know, some of it is going to be in history, in the vaults. Mm. And that's okay. And it is of a time and of a period. But it's our thing. It's our creation. So you can go back and just tweak it and say, by the way, <laughs> when I first started this podcast six months ago, I felt like a bit of a noob. My voice is terrible. Yeah. Please stick with me. By the time you get to episode, mm, 
I feel much more comfortable. Thanks for your patience. You know, I think it's okay to own that mm-hmm. and like understand that development and growth in your voice and who you are is all part of the process. And that's one of the things I think that stops people getting going voice-wise is they go, oh, I hate the sound of my voice. Oh, I can't talk. Oh, my accent's awful. Oh, so-and-so one day said my voice sounded really screechy. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like you just have to do it and listen and, you know, grow as your podcast grows. Most definitely. Thank you. Okay, so before we start wrapping up, I would love to talk about the ums and the ahs and the you knows and you likes and (laughs) all those lovely filler words that we all use. And I have to admit, Mm. it wasn't until I became a podcast manager and I started obviously editing other people's podcasts that I realized quite how much those words are used. And as you rightly Mm. said, they're not bad words because it's an indication that we're thinking But I do have clients who use them way more than others. And since starting my own podcast, because I am aware, I do make notes just to make sure that I stay focused and on topic to kind of reduce those ums and ahs, which then reduces my editing time as we touched on earlier. So do you have any tips for people who might be not self-conscious because it's a normal thing. So there's no reason to be self-conscious, but who might just want to improve or be able to reduce those, especially in a speaking conference summit sort of environment. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you, firstly, for acknowledging my view on ums and ahs, which is that they're not like some hideous devil spawn. Like they happen and it's fine and we're all normal. And also we're used to listening to those sounds. Mm. So we have to give our listeners credit that if they want to listen to us, they'll listen to us, even if we um all the time, (laughs) like if they find our message interesting. Um, I think the first thing is being really, really clear on your topic and what you're talking about and your intention Mm -hmm. and keeping the focus not on you. Because if you're constantly focused on your message, then you're not thinking about what you sound like or what you're saying or the next line. You're just working through the presentation that you have prepped incredibly well to get out there. So I think firstly, it's that keeping the focus out and knowing your topic very well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're thinking. <laughs> oh, everyone's turned off now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking. Second thing is time and pace and the idea that it's okay to give the listener some time to catch up with you. It's also okay And we as listeners are used to giving people time to think about what they're going to say next. That's totally fine, especially if the vibe of your podcast is conversational and off the cuff and you might need some space, actually. Um, (laughs) See, I do them loads. (laughs) And I think that's quite a a female thing in the sense that we are often used to losing our voice in the space Mm. and we keep making noises so people know we're not finished. Mm. <laughs> so there's some psychology in that, which we maybe won't go into right now. It's about filling that space with something I find the most useful for my clients. And for me, the thing that works is an out-breath. Right. So it's the idea that if you're thinking, firstly, there's a tiny little theory behind this, which you need to know about, which is the whole idea that our thoughts form on our inhalation, on the in-breath. And then we speak the thoughts on the out-breath. Now, it's all kind of subconscious and happens for us because our bodies are amazing. But that's what we use in actor training is the one thought, one breath kind of idea that you think that the thought happens and you think the thought on the in-breath and then you speak it on the out-breath. You work through on text when you're working through character stuff with actors and things. But that's what happens with us. We breathe in, we inspire, we have the thought and then we say the thought. So if you are trying to get the next thought out, whether it's a scripted one that you need some time to remember, whether it's an answer to a question in an interview, our instinct is to pause and hold our breath. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you let the breath out in like a, not like a, 
<laughs> like really intense <laughs> blow. Like, hoo, 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 hoo. Yeah, if you just exhale yeah. and allow some space for an inhale, often that gives you enough time mm. for that thought to cultivate and then come out. And it's not. And people aren't looking at you going, "What is she doing? Why is she standing there?" Trying not to um. That's really weird because <laughs> breathing is normal. <laughs> We're all allowed to breathe. So I think allowing some space, slowing down, understanding that it's okay for the listener to have time to catch up with us. In fact, in many cases, I would say that it's integral. And the next thing is, if you are uncomfortable with that pause or that feeling of nothing, exhaling to allow the inspiration, literally and figuratively, to say the thought, to say the next thought or the answer to the question. That's really, really helpful. I didn't know the whole thought in breath, out breath. So that's mm. really, really valuable information. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. I am so pleased that we were able to connect. You have shared so much information and I'm definitely going to be able to, you know, share the video because I think it's important for people to see the exercises mm. that we were doing as well as, yes, and I'm definitely going to, mine are horrible. <laughs> I have to really practice that. But yeah, I think all the exercises and the tips that you shared with us is so invaluable. So thank you so, so much. You're very welcome. Can you please let us know where we can find you? And of course, there's any offers that you'd like to share. Um, <laughs> sorry. I suppose the easiest, well, it's choosing the way to find you, isn't it? You can listen to the Voice Coach podcast. Mm -hmm. It's probably the best thing to do if you want more tips and tricks. And I have a wonderful community on Facebook called the Voice and Accent Hub, which is for any professional voice users who need advice or support on uh, speaking. Fantastic. So probably in there. Fantastic. I will make sure that all those links are included in the show notes. Once again, Nick, thank you so much for joining us and I am sure we will speak very soon. Lovely. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.